You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, Ellie here wishing you a very happy Friday and a happy start of the summer. Thanks as always for checking out this podcast. And if you haven't, take a listen to my other Vox and Cafe podcast. It's called up against the mob. I really love hearing back from all of you who've listened to it. I just had a friend stop me the other day in the supermarket to tell me that she was listening and really enjoying it and wondering whether there was something wrong with her because she was sympathizing with some of the characters. I won't say anything more because I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, take a listen and keep sending me your thoughts, questions, or comments to letters at cafe.com. The New York County Criminal Court building is about a half block away from the Daniel Patrick Moynihan United States Courthouse. Basically, you leave the state courthouse, head south, cross Worth Street, and you're at the federal complex. Aaron Judge could stand in front of one building and hit a baseball through the window of the other. Geographically, the two courthouses are neighbors, but legally, they're worlds apart. And that's why Donald Trump has made a little notice but high stakes motion to transfer his pending indictment by the New York County, which is Manhattan District Attorney, from state court down to the federal building. Trump's motion stands a small but non-zero chance of ultimate success, in my view. If he does prevail, it's a game changer. And Trump's removal effort, to use the legal terminology, foreshadows an even more consequential struggle ahead if and when the Fulton County District Attorney indicts him in Georgia for election-related crimes. Now, last month, Trump filed a motion to remove his indictment by the Manhattan DA for 34 counts of falsification of business records relating to hush money payments to Stormy Daniels from state court to the federal Southern District of New York. Trump invoked an obscure but quite real federal law that allows for such transfer where a former or current federal official is charged in state court for a crime, quote, for or relating to any act under color of such federal office, end quote. In other words, if a federal official faces a state-level criminal charge for something he did under color of his official federal duties, then the case gets sent over to federal court. I can hear what you're thinking. How on earth could paying hush money to a porn star and then allegedly falsifying records have anything to do with the official duties of the president? Indeed, Trump's lawyers almost visibly strain when making their arguments on this point. They note that Trump reimbursed Michael Cohen for the hush money payoffs in 2017 while Trump was president. That's true, of course. But doing something while president is not the same thing as doing something in the course of the official duties of the presidency. Trump also argues that he retained Cohen as a lawyer in the first place solely to comply with various administrative requirements placed on the president and his personal business. This one's a bank shot and not especially persuasive. It's not clear how any mandatory presidential administrative filings might encompass extracurricular hush money payments. 
Finally, Trump argues that acts taken around his candidacy automatically relate to the presidency itself, a dubious claim logically. If anything, a candidacy necessarily predates and is separate from the actual service in office and an odd quasi-concession that the hush money payments were indeed intended to influence the election. While I don't find Trump's arguments here wildly persuasive, obviously, they also are not preposterous. And the federal judge who will make the first call here, Judge Alvin Hellerstein, is a bit mercurial, shall we say. Little that he might do would surprise me. I had dozens of cases in front of Judge Hellerstein. I once got him reversed on appeal where he made a fairly obviously wrong ruling. If you want to check it out, it's online. It's called United States versus Amante. Now, Judge Hellerstein would rib me about that in good humor for many years afterwards. On balance, Trump has a puncher's chance on this motion. He's not likely to prevail, but he just might land one lucky shot to the jaw. So why would Trump want to hop across the street from state to federal court? For one, Judge Juan Marchand, who's presiding over the state case, has handled the proceedings fairly and is generally seen as a straight shooter, but also one who leans a bit towards the prosecution. And Judge Marchand is no political fan of Trump's. He donated money, a ridiculously small amount, $35 total, but a donation nonetheless to a political organization that describes its purpose as, quote, resisting the Republican Party and Donald Trump's radical right-wing legacy, end quote. As we've talked about before on this podcast, I believe Judge Marchand should recuse himself from the Trump case given this potential conflict of interest. He has not done so. Then there's the potential jury pool. If the case remains in state court, Trump's jury will be drawn exclusively from New York County, which is Manhattan, where Trump won a meager 12.3% of the vote in 2020, meaning, to state the obvious converse, over 87% of Manhattan residents voted against him. But if he gets the case kicked over to the federal Southern District of New York, then the majority of his jury pool will come from Manhattan. But the SDNY also includes and could draw jurors from Bronx County, where Trump got 15.9% of the vote. Not great, but better than Manhattan. Westchester County, where he got 31.3% of the vote. Rockland, 48.7%. Putnam, 53.3%. Orange, 49.4%. Dutchess, 44.4%. And Sullivan County, 53.9%. The differences are small in some counties, but massive in others. Trump even won some of the northern SDNY counties. And he's better off with potential jurors from any county other than Manhattan. Most consequentially, if Trump does somehow get his case moved to federal court, then his next move is to seek dismissal on the basis of federal immunity. Essentially, the notion that a federal official cannot be criminally prosecuted for actions taken in the course of the job. The legal test here is similar, though not quite identical to the standard to remove a case from state to federal court in the first place. If Trump somehow succeeds in getting the case kicked over to federal court, then he's most of the way to an outright dismissal. So, while Trump has little chance to succeed on his motion in New York, if he does somehow pull it off, then the entire case against him will be in serious jeopardy. And bank on this. If and when the Fulton County DA charges Trump later this summer, and the DA has made very little secret of this, then Trump will make the exact same motion to move the case to federal court. And on that count, in that case, he has a better chance to succeed. Prosecutors surely will make a compelling argument that the president has no role in administering elections and that Trump's attempt to steal the Georgia election was, if anything, quite the opposite of what the president's official duties require. 
But while the Constitution does certainly leave administration of elections to the states or to Congress if it chooses to legislate, it's not quite right to conclude that the president has nothing to do with the election. The president does have a broad constitutional duty to, quote, take care that the laws be faithfully executed, end quote. And nobody disputes that the president could intervene if, for example, certain voters were demonstrably being denied their lawful right to vote. Trump might argue that his intent was to fulfill that duty. After all, on the infamous call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, the same one where Trump asks him to find 11,780 votes, Trump also says, and I quote, I just don't know why you don't want to have the votes counted as they are, end quote. Even if one thinks Trump handled his presidential duties in a clumsy or aggressive or offensive or worse manner, the argument will go. He was nonetheless trying to do his job. While prosecutors have the better argument, in my view, it's a close enough call that a judge could decide this one either way. Get used to this removal issue. We're moving into an obscure pocket of the law, and it has mostly flown under the radar thus far. But resolution of the removal claims could make all the difference in both of Trump's impending state prosecutions. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay informed. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 